Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast. This episode is the first episode I've done in roughly a year, I believe. Um, But what I wanted to do today was just basically talk about what has happened in that last year and just what the Lord is doing now and why I haven't done a podcast in a year. And so it kind of all starts with just the way back uh, when I was 19 years old and first started Mindless Millennials podcast. And, and if you're listening to this now and you <laughs> you listened to Mindless Millennials back then, I commend you for that because, well, also you've seen the the progression and the journey um, that God has taken me on from from just being this ambitious 19-year-old kid to uh, what the Lord has done now. And so, uh, also, I'm recording this live from the Agape Force, um, and there's some work and stuff going around here. And so, if you hear anything in the background, that is why. Um, so, if you don't know, the Agape Force is our ministry center for the ministry that I'm a missionary at. There's a lot of M words um, at Texas A&M University. And so, basically, moved all my studio equipment over here, and yeah, and that's where I'm recording it from. So, if you hear any noise. That is why. Um, But back when I was 19 years old, I decided that I was going to start this podcast. And at the time, I had little to no relationship with the Lord. Um, I would profess that I was a Christian, and I did have an intimate relationship at one time. So it wasn't just like it was all made up. Um, But during that time, there was definitely still this the Holy Spirit, uh, this conviction, this this conscience in me, um, trying to direct me to what was right and what was true. And and so over that time, I, I don't have those episodes up anymore, but I have them archived still because I think it's incredible or it would be incredible one day to go back and listen to all of those episodes in which I got sanctified and transformed because around the same time that I started that podcast, I, I joined Antioch ministries in College Station and started going to life group and started having these divine experiences and 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 I started to change. I started to change from the inside and, and my life started to change and it was a long journey of that because basically what I had done throughout that whole time period is build up this uh, <laughs> I did whatever it took to not take orders. I did whatever it took to be the decision maker. I did whatever it took to um, set myself apart from from everybody else. To me, just listening to the agenda, just listening to the professors and 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 where the kind of complex of of in, uh, of university was was sending us or or society in general, just it seemed unwise to me. Um, and in some ways I w- I'm, I'm right about that. I was right about that. Um, but I think it, it derived from this, this kind of a rebellious spirit. It can't, it derived from this, uh, really an insecurity of, a literally an insecurity, like not being secure, like wanting to knowing that if I just listen to this voice and listen to this voice, um, in society that that's not going to bring me security. And so the way that I tried to do that was by, you know, developing a podcast platform by 
um, producing podcasts for May's Business School by, you know, uh, being a student leader of the School Innovation, building this resume of sorts, of, of this entrepreneurial innovation resume. Um, and m- my goal was to use the university system as an incubator of sorts um, to launch my entrepreneurial dreams and my creative dreams. And uh, throughout that time, the Lord <laughs> would literally just, um, I-, I would build up my own empire and it would fall apart. I would build up this thing and, and then it would fall apart. And that was that was frustrating. But throughout that time, um, the Lord changed my heart. And there's another episode where I kind of described in more details what happened. But then I, I, I kept asking these entrepreneurs and these innovators, these millionaires that I would interview. Uh, I, I kept asking them why. Like, why do they do something? Why are why is what they do important? Like, why does any of this matter? And I felt like I was being a bit annoying to the listeners because they didn't come there for transcendent conversations. Maybe they did. Maybe it was that's what was in me that was emerging in me. So people wanted to follow along. But I, I just I realized that my show, like what I cared about, wasn't wasn't these things anymore. And I I couldn't be okay with not having an answer to that why question, like. These are the people that everybody tells you to be like and become, but they don't know why they want to be that way. They don't know. And anyway, so I, I started Created Curious Podcast and started having conversations about the Lord, started um, started interviewing pastors and, and my friends and evangelists and, and people that were near and dear to me. And because uh, and, I had a desire for that, I, I really wanted to do that. And actually, in between Mindless Millennials and that, I, we had a show called Bible Breakfast. It was, it was alongside Mindless Millennials uh, at the time. It was me, Ian, Arthur Johnson, and Zach Beeman, if any of y'all know them. But uh, anyway, so I got to this point about last year where um, after I got back from Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, there was a, there, there, the Lord had been speaking a lot, and he had been wanting to uh, remove my identity from being attached to media, to creativity, to the arts. Like, he, he didn't, he wanted me to be free, right? And, and so it was a long journey of him. This is the Sparknotes version, I guess. It's, I think it's long already, probably, but... But he started to remove one little thing at a time or ask me, actually, to give him one little thing at a time. And eventually that led to me joining Chi Alpha Ministries and as a, as a full-time missionary and being led to actually give up um, all creativity um, and just and, and, and die to it. Like give it to God. Actually give it to God. Not just pretend to give it. Not just... You know, and <clears throat> I think this this really all started with basic with my uh, our pastor Eli Stewart. We met up one time in this Airstream trailer where we roast our coffee for Mountain Valley Coffee. If you want some, go to mountainvalleycoffee.com. dot com. I believe that's the website. And so, so, so to give you a little time uh, timeline on this, this was before Mountain Valley Coffee was a thing, and. 
he was roasting him and Jacob Trim were roasting from his house and so I meet up in the Airstream trailer and we're talking and I'm telling him about you know the ambitions that I have what I think what I believe and 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 meanwhile I'm doing this podcast so you know I <clears throat> I'm getting a lot of affirmation that that what I'm doing is good for people like that people are getting affected and so what uh ultimately happened was he looked at me and he goes well once you actually start doing it doing the thing living it out uh, your words will have authority <laughs> and that at the time it threw me off because i'm like wait you're saying my my words didn't have authority and <clears throat> and it turned out to be true in, in a very distinct way is you can have a lot of the right understanding of the biblical narrative you can have which i actually believe is very important uh it says <laughs> you know one day you'll worship in um uh spirit and truth right so there has to be the components of both you need the uh, right so matt carpenter would say that the right side of your brain is the spiritual side of your brain in a sense it's the imagination it's what connects with the divine and then the left side of your brain is that like sorting out process so you can think of it kind of as a as a strainer like if you used a strainer to strain out the water or a filter so you so you can pick and choose what co is coming from your imagination whether it's true or not whether it's from god or not Af after you have submerged yourself in the truth of the word and and you have a background of okay this is true i know it's true the the word is unchanging um and and is does what i what what i'm imagining is what i'm receiving spiritually line up with that and if it doesn't then we you know you know to throw it out um but yeah so basically like that was on my heart for a long time and uh so when i started the internship it was pretty obvious i needed to to just give it all up and so i just went in pl unplugged everything in my studio and and sold most of it um so over the last year it was very really difficult i literally <laughs> tried to quit uh doing missions like four several times four different times at the beginning of the semester and these were serious like i actually was considering it like it was difficult for me because the thing that was actually going on inside is like basically i don't know if i would put it this way entirely but I would do anything for a pat on the back, right? This affirmation like, hey, Bailey, you're doing good. And I wanted that from people, but I wasn't going to the Father to get that. Um, and I think part of it is because I believed I had to be perfect to, to come to him and for him to love me and for him to affirm like my life and, and, and establish my steps. And so basically there was there was one service where this and i had a lot of people praying for me at the time one in particular our pastor and my my good friend sam eisenhower he saw things in me um and and went to the lord and the lord told him i would be okay and so he started earnestly praying for me he started earnestly seeking the lord and praying that transformation would happen and it, it absolutely did so along the last year um, that that uh, that affirmation stronghold was broken off 
um, I got healed of my autoimmune disease and I'm continuing to be healed more and more every day. And it's, it's incredible. It's a, it's a miracle literally. Um, and then, uh, as the next semester started, I had fully died to this identity tied to media and creation and having a platform or whatever you want to call it, an identity, anything other than child of God. Like I get all of my affirmation. I get all of my peace and my joy and my feeling from going to the source of life, going to the un, uh, the, the water that flows everlasting, right? When I go and partake of this everlasting water, that's living water like that is what actually gets gives me life it's none of these things everything else is supposed to be an outflow of an already satisfied heart so as the next semester started the lord slowly started to introduce little pieces of creativity back in so from helping shoot video for our instagram profile from helping with the live streams, and then ultimately kind of ending with Film film Fest. Um, and this amazing thing happened with uh, this film that we made. It's called The Fellowship of the Time-Traveling Yeezys. I think you can find it on YouTube if you look it up like that. Um, but it was this beautiful cacophony of, of nostalgia with purpose and meaning. And you know, I didn't intend it to be that way at first. I did not uh, go in with the intention of of that being the goal. I just wanted to make a film with my friends because I thought it would be fun. And I, I knew the Lord would be a part of it because at that point I had learned how to just, how to dwell with him, how to make him the center of creative pursuits, how to make him the center of my walks outside, how to make him the center of even something like skateboarding or, or or whatever I'm doing, rock climbing. Like, if you can figure out and really get a hold of God and how to make him the center of everything you do, invite him in as a friend to where he has input about what you do. Do I, oh, like, while I'm mountain biking, do I go left or do I go right? Like, that's a personal decision. Like, whether or not you go left or right is, is a big thing for God, if you just invite him into it, it's like a picture that we make for the Lord, uh, if, or, or a picture that someone's son, like five-year-old kindergartner makes for their dad. He loves it, even though it's like not that big of a deal. Um, and he cherishes it. And that's the same with these little decisions and these little things. Um, and so it, that's, that's what happened. And, and, and everything just fell together for this film. Like, I, basically what happened is on the, the last episode, it, it has Michael Weidman in it. And he's kind of this uh, narrative figure, this timekeeper in a sense. Um, really kind of in, it, what it turned out to be is he is Nathan's conscience in the film. And he's leading Nathan to see truth correctly, right? And Nathan, ends, spoiler alert, Nathan ends up returning the Yeezys after stealing them from the mailman <laughs> that was uh, coming to deliver them to, to Daniel's house. And uh, he ends up realizing that the memories and the experiences that Daniel's film led them to, uh, led his small group to, was more important than the goal 
or the idea that Nathan had. And so that did, I didn't, I didn't have that plan, right? That wasn't my plan. I was just like, let's, let's go back in time and stop Daniel from putting on the time traveling Yeezy so he doesn't become a meme. Like that was the idea, but it ended up turning into something so much more beautiful because I was holding it with an open hand that, that I had figured out and, and learned and God had led me to inviting him into things. And, and now with creativity, things are, are become beautiful. They become uh, righteous in a sense. They, they, they have a deeper purpose. It's to shift people's minds and their hearts through narrative to truth, to redemptive uh, qualities and, and to, um, to, to selflessness. And, and so what I realized from that, I was in, like, and this leads to Dushanbe, Tajikistan. So I was telling someone when I was in Dushanbe, uh, I was telling someone that about the film and was explaining the, the dynamics to it. And, and if you haven't seen it, like go, go watch it because it's, it's so fun. Um, but I realized after the fact, like, I don't know, several weeks after the fact that I had made a film that at the premiere, over 500 people were there. And that like, I, I stopped and thought for a second. A film that I made, over 500 people were there. And, and I know they weren't there for my film, right? <laughs> but the premiere of my film, the first time anybody saw it, there was over 500 people watching it. And I got to thinking, I'm like, wow, this is, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. He wants to give us the desires of our heart, but in a pure way, an unselfish way. One that's where you don't, you're not relying on that kind of thing to feel like you have identity, like you have purpose or meaning. You know you have purpose or meaning because the divine itself is coming and making contact with you. God himself is a known friend, an experienced friend. Like that is what God is after for him to be an experienced friend. And, uh, <clears throat> and so in, in Dushanbe, God gave me a vision of, of that, that very thing. Uh, King David sitting on the side of a cliff on the side of a mountain with the the sheep behind him he was a shepherd boy in this vision and he's watching the sunset go down he's whistling a little song and and he's feeling lonely actually which is somewhat surprising right it's like okay david's feeling lonely um but in the midst of that loneliness the lord showed me that he had a heart for god that he had a deep intimate friendship with the God of the universe. And he goes, Bailey, the reason King David became king, the reason he became the king was his heart as a shepherd boy. And the thing that you can know most certainly about me is I know the heart of my children. And I deeply desire to give them like the desires of their heart. I deeply desire to fulfill the the things that that I sculpted in them um <coughs> in you and so that was beautiful and I'm like okay that's awesome right um and and a little bit later he gives me a vision um after like saying hey just write out some things that you love to do he gives me a vision of a 
a, a building in a building that was a creative space, a, a creative studio in sorts. Um, and then gave me the name divine creative. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so, uh, I just want to make sure this is you, God. So I'm going to go to the domain website and I'm going to, and, and, and if this is from you, the web domain will be available. And so I go, divinecreative.org is available. Never been bought. It was like 10 bucks. And I picked it up on some slow Tajik Wi-Fi that was probably <laughs> running through the Russian government or something. Um, and... And yeah, I was like, okay, that's a confirmation. So then I open up my Bible and I go to, I think, Ephesians 2, 9. And it's where I'm, in most translations it goes, for we are God's creative work made for good. Oh, no, that's the, what mine says. <laughs> Spoiler alert of the punchline, I guess. Most translations it says, for we are God's workmanship made for good, made for good works that was created beforehand. Um, so that we may walk in them. And mine said, for we are God's creative work made through Christ Jesus, or created through Christ Jesus. And and literally, I, it's the NET translation. It doesn't even say that in the Bible app version of it. And I, I couldn't find any other Bibles that said creative work. And I'm like, this Bible that I'm holding in the middle of Central Asia says creative work. And it was just, you know, you could say that was circumstance or random, but... Uh, the Lord confirmed that that was from him. And so uh, afterwards, there was just all of this, these open doors once I got back to the U.S. This this past month and a half, just nonstop open doors, confirmation that this is the will of God, that there be a nonprofit creative ministry in College Station, a building, creative studio that helps young graduates, young people learn how to use their creative gifts for God and not for themselves, and then produces biblically inspired content that brings the narrative of these biblical stories in front, actively, into our culture, into our people. And 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 so the, the problem that comes up, though, with all of this, or not the problem, but what the Lord had begun to sculpt was this this uh there's two there's three things in my life that I was wrestling with right there was the first thing was there was this undoubtable calling to college station and <laughs> when I was younger in college I tried to get out of college station as fast as I could right I, I'm from I'm a second generation Austinite from like this place where creativity off the wazoo there's always something to do there's always a new hike and a new place to explore and then I'm in this place where, where that stuff doesn't seem to be valued. And there's definitely not a new place to explore all over. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, but there, there began, over, over the years, there was just this continuous, like, confirmation that College Station, Texas, is where I'm supposed to be. And, and, and even more increasingly, like, getting visions for revival in College Station, like, personal visions. And it aligning with other people's prophecies um, from other parts of the world. I think Young E. Cho in 95, he was the founder of the largest church in the world in South Korea, had a prophecy of College Station, didn't even know what College Station was. And so 
there was this undoubtable calling to College Station, but I had a heart for Central Asia. Like, I have a heart for the nations. I have a heart to see the Great Commission be fulfilled, to see the Lord return in the clouds um, and, and to join in to what his plan is. And then there's this part of me that's this ultra creative person that is, I've always been that way. And so to wrestle with all these three things, do I have to choose what to do? Do, you know, I, 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 I see it all over the scriptures that the Great Commission is like the purpose of our life. But why, do, why am I in College Station? And, and could I even use my creative gifts overseas? Like, wouldn't that be more effective in the U- U.S.? And so all of these things are wrestling around. And then finally, uh, we go to Reach the U uh, Institute, which is the, the thing that all of uh, uh, the Chi Alpha missionaries go to, um, b- either before or after their internship year. And I happened to go after. And there was a particular woman from India that was, uh, she's a part of the national office of the XAI, the XA International uh, Program. And she explains this one thing, that the average missionary, it takes the average missionary from the United States an average of 10 years to become effective on the mission field. That means actually seeing people come to know Jesus from learning language to understanding cultural things and just building trust relationships because over there you, you ha- there, everything's a familial relationship like you know my uncle I know this person that that means I trust you and all this stuff and when someone that doesn't look like you doesn't speak your language comes it's very hard but she goes you know how long it takes the average international student to become effective on their home mission field she goes, the plane ride home. And something about those words, the plane ride home, just hit me dead in the heart. And I realized, and it's, it's something people have been saying, but specifically A&M, at least for me, is the most, and college campuses all around the world, of course, but A&M <coughs> is the most strategic mission field in the world. Because not only can we help shape the the uh the the culture that we have in the united states um through the biblical narrative um and through uh reconciling people to jesus by helping them learn that they can have a personal relationship with god the god that made them the god that loves them more than anything but also the nations are at these campuses there are thousands of international students at college campuses that are ready to meet their creator, that are ready to become international missionaries after they're trained up here. Like, it hit me. So, from uh, having a heart for overseas missions to feeling a distinct and knowing, hearing this distinct call for college stations, and then having this this unquenchable uh, need to express through creativity, these things all came together at RUI, along with what Eli talked about so long ago was a new level of authority in your voice. Because what I had realized was my intimate time with meeting with the Lord became the thing that I would run to when I wasn't feeling okay. The thing that I would return to every day to be filled up 
with the Holy Spirit, to be filled up with the truth of God, to recognize and to receive my identity from the Father, meeting with Him, loving Him, having a friendship with Him. Um, and that, for some reason, gave me authority. And there's all these, there was these all new uh, first-year interns coming in to, to from all these college campuses. And I just I had my new guitar that I got for my birthday that I was could strum like two chords, but it, I like look the part, you know, <laughs> like I look like I am really good at it, <laughs> but I could like strum two chords and I have a heart for the Lord. And uh, I would I just like sat down one day and there like five different groups of people came around and like pro- prophetic word, prophetic word like speaking to their lives, like encouraging, like all of these things. And they were looking to me and I don't know why, like, I don't know why these people just showed up all of a sudden. I didn't try to make it happen, but for some reason that it did. And so to kind of wrap up this whole thing and just talk to you about what the Lord is doing. So in the next few months, uh, divine creative ministries will be fully established um, and this will be a mechanism for our church, Mountain Valley, and and for uh, Chi Alpha, and I hope for other churches as well to to be able to begin to unify together. Um, <clears throat> and it really, what I what what God put on my heart was that you know you can listen to me talk, and you can listen to anybody tell a tell a story, and and actually language and storytelling is incredible, but there's something about a, a song that you just there's more information layered in you can feel the emotion of someone through a song that they share you can heal hear and feel the heart of the artist that's making it and what i realized was that often we want god to speak to us in english but when we look around and we truly realize that god is actually attempting to use all of his creative means to reveal to humanity through all of creation a glimpse of his heart, hoping that we may fall in love with him. And that we as the church are the pinnacle of, the, of creation. We are his creative work. We are his masterpiece. We are his language to tell the world and show the world what he is like. And so in this ever-increasing creative world that we're in, in this ever-increasing Uh, media-intensive world, this is something we cannot ignore, that we have to step into a place of creativity, first from a relational and a personal place, right? Behind any order, behind any creativity, there's a personal hand. First, get alone with God. First, be personal. But, but, (laughs) but, But creators must be who God made them to be. And so, this is this is just kind of an announcement of what is happening and what is going on and and so uh I believe that the Lord is wanting to build a creative studio called Divine Creative in College Station to help not only uh help people learn how to use their creative gifts for God, but to actually reach the nations through the biblical narrative here at A and M and in the surrounding world. And so Thank you guys for listening if you made it this far to my rant. But that's a life update. That's what's going on. And I'm, I'm very excited. Please be praying for these things that, that the Lord reveals the steps and establishes the steps that need to be taken. And 
uh, please be praying for this year of campus missions um, because it's really exciting what's happening here. We're actually building a Chi Alpha media team as well. Um, and we're going to, you know, we just want to have a presence on campus this year. We want to, uh, we're Chi Alpha, you know, it's like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so be, pre- be praying for this year because I, I think this year is going to be like none other uh, at Texas A&M in College Station. And um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening and um, reach out to me if you need anything. Um, Love you and talk to you soon.